be in the Lord's place today, in the Lord's house. And um, I want to thank all of you for coming, that are here today. And uh, those of you that are tuned in later on, on the internet, we thank you for that. Glad you're here. Every week that I minister, which is usually about the fourth Sunday of the month, we uh, we pray for another church. We pray for another fellowship. And I have an unusual way of going about uh, doing that. Um, a lot, trying to figure out who it is we're going to pray for. I normally go through... Uh, I normally go through Google and look, look up churches by Google. Uh, you know, God works out of Google and as well. And um, he gave somebody the, the ingenuity to do that. And um, so anyway, we normally do Google, but I didn't this time. I, I was praying on the first part of the week about, Lord, what's your plan? What's your plan? What's your plan? What's your word? And I, and I got to where to a point I was saying, oh, God, please help uh, me figure out who to pray for. Because he put it in our hearts to pray over another fellowship every time that I, that I minister. We're supposed to pray one for another according to the Holy Scriptures. And we're supposed to have a, by this way, men know that we're disciples of the Lord is when we love one another or we act like we love each other. And, uh, and so we act like we love other people that go to other churches that may not be named by the same name that we are, but we're named by the name of Jesus. Amen. And so... Um, I was uh, turned in at the Dollar Tree in Alabama City, going down that little side street, and I see this man uh, working out there uh, putting up some gate posts to the parking lot. It's uh, actually the parking lot of a church, and so um, I stopped and talked to him, and he was, I could tell he was a little older than me, and so I felt like that what I need to do is Stopping, I just bought a bottle of water. Matter of fact, this is it right here. And, uh, it was in my truck. It's still hot, but it was cold then. And I said, I said, Mister, do you have any water? He was like sweating. He said, No, I, I, don't, I, I got, I don't have any here, but I got some in my box over there. I said, Okay. If is it cold? I said, I've got one. I just bought. It's brand new. I never opened it. He said, No, I don't need it. I'm, I'm good. So uh, I said, Well. He told me what he was doing, and, and so I said, you go to that church there? And he said, yes, I do. And so I, I said, okay. I said, I'm looking for somewhere to just to pray over uh, a church. And he said, would you please pray for our church? And I said, you're not the pastor, because I know the pastor there. I've seen his picture before on the Internet, on Facebook. And so I said, I know him, and I've spoken to him before on the phone years ago, years ago. I said, and I've actually ministered there in that church a bunch of years ago. Jan and I went there for a couple of times to minister when the pastor was away. And uh, that we'd asked us to go there. And so I, uh, there's a cathedral church there on the right going up, uh, Mega Boulevard. And so um, I called the guy. I called the pastor. And I said, I could assuming that this is what was like a setup. Because, you know, sometimes... You know, there's several Bible uh, names in the Bible for God. There's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shah, Rapha, 
Crawford, Nisi, and there's one I got, I made up one called Jehovah Sneaky. And, uh, and he has a, I made that up, and so sometimes he sneaks in and, and tells us something. And uh, so he had us to, Jehovah Sneaky asked me to, uh, I made the sneaky part of it. Anyway, the, uh, we're, uh, we're going to pray for that church today. So talking to Pastor Mike, uh, his name is Mike Kleckler. His wife's name is, I think I wrote it down. Her name is Marley, M-A-R-L-I. And so I prayed, uh, I prayed for him while I had him on the phone. And I asked him, I said, can I just bless you while I've got you on the phone? And it was like, we had like a moment there where we prayed for each other. And I asked him, could I pray for his church today? And I said, is there anything that you want to, you need prayer for in your church? And you know, that church has, has been a, a, a booming church. It's not really booming like it was. And so um, uh, a bunch of people have left and go across town to another church and uh, another fellowship. And, and that's fine. Because remember, I have to remember, and I'm always as a pastor remember this, the sheep do not belong to me. Guess who they belong to? God. And wherever he wants them to go hang out and get fed or work or do whatever they do. It's up to him. It's not up to me. I don't, I'd have them all. But I can't do that because the sheep are not mine. They belong to the Lord. I can't keep them. Uh, I can't hold them tight. I have to always, as a leader, I've always lived like this. People came, sometimes they go. Sometimes they come, sometimes they stay, sometimes they don't. So it's either way, we still do the same thing. So they did, they're doing, going through something. And so we're going to pray for them today. And, um, and the Lord gave me some specific things to pray for as I began to ask him. And, um, and every time I would, I would be in the area, I'm, I'm doing a, a project there in the area. And so every time I'd be uh, right near there, I would sense a really strong anointing to pray. And, um, and so we have to, we have to, as a, as a, as a, as a person of, that walks with, listens to God, I have to follow that. And uh, if he's teaching something, if he's telling something, I have to kind of go along with what he's doing. We have to assume that he's correct. Holy Spirit is, is always right. Amen. Holy Spirit is always right. He's never wrong. And I try my best to not second guess Holy Spirit. I don't want to do that. I don't think that's a good plan. And so uh, when I do, I get spanked and, uh, because the Lord loves the people. And some of the people he loves, he oftentimes will spank them if they get out of line. And so I follow the Lord and do what he says. So today we're going to pray for this church. And, um, and I've asked the Lord what to pray for. And, uh, and at the same time we're praying for that, I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to do because they are us. We are them. We're purchased with the same blood. Christ died for our sin and their sin. Holy Spirit was poured out on them and us. It's the same sanctifier. It's the same spirit fill. It's the same anointing that we have and they have. And so what we're going to do is we're going to one of the old places in the in, in the well, one place in the Old Testament that talked about, and I just love the way Job Sneaky does. Sometimes he has us to stand in the gap. You know, you ever heard that term before? 
stand in the gap. And so today, uh, and, and one of them says, make up the hedge. I thought, oh, what does that mean? Well, it's, it's just, we're going to kind of join hands with them today and join our faith with them today. And I told them at around 11 o'clock that we'd be praying for them. And I almost, I, I mean, we're like within a minute or so. And so really good. I didn't even think about that till just then. So we're going to pray for them. And uh, I'm going to stretch my hand that way. You can if you want to. I, I don't mind if you don't. You can sit there. But we're going to pray for them. And, uh, and at the same time, we're going to be praying for us because us or them, them or us at the same time. So, Father God, I just bless uh, Cathedral Church today. And I bless Pastor Mike and Pastor Marley and the leadership of that church. They'll be seeing this a little later on. And, Lord, we just bless them today in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would flow freely in there, in that place, in the cathedral there. Lord, that you would pour out your Spirit as you have never done before. Pour out your Spirit in a great and a mighty way. Draw people from the community in there to that place to find. Let that place be like a beacon of light in that dark corner of the city. Lord, let your, your Spirit and your power rule and reign there. And Lord, that you would... That you would let an open heaven, the heavens open up, and you would open up the windows of heaven there and pour blessing in that area and that street and on that property in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would send angels to go, warring angels to go and fight for them in their battle that they struggle with today. We ask you, Lord, that you would let your Holy Spirit rule, let your Holy Spirit reign in that place in Jesus' name. Reign. Not just reign like rule and be in charge, but let your Holy Spirit reign like rain falling from the sky in that place in Jesus' name and also in here. We thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you, Lord. Lord, as the, as the, as the gentleman was working on the fence, on the gate out there to, to keep the big truck from parking on and breaking up their parking lot, Lord, I just thank you because that parking lot is the, where, is the place where Brother Buckaloo set his tent, built a brush harbor there on that parking lot and called revival to come to the Alabama City area. And Lord, we just ask that you would raise up in that church and in this church people like Buckaloo that are not afraid, that are not ashamed, that's not fearful at all, but bold and boldly go where men haven't gone before that would stand and declare the word of the Lord and declare his righteousness and declare his power over the place in Jesus' name. And we say, Amen. Amen. Lord, can we have a piece of that for us as well here? And we'll give you the credit, the glory, and the honor, the praise for every bit of it in Jesus' name. And I have to say amen to that. Well, glory. I want to declare to you today that um, I heard a, a prophetic utterance some time ago. I heard a prophetic utterance. Oh, I'm going to sit down just for a second. I got a little goofy uh, in prayer, and I'm, I'm feeling kind of weird. Must. 
physically, just spiritually. And uh, I heard a prophetic word, and the prophetic word was this. And this has come from, uh, I'm going to say probably mid-90s, uh, maybe a little later. The prophet said, more than one said this, that the Lord said that he is going to revisit the old landmarks. Do you know what that means? When the Lord poured his spirit out in this fellowship, in the in the south side, in the in the in the upstairs room, up in the upper room and south side. And when the Lord poured his spirit out across in the next building right here in the early years. And when the Lord poured his spirit out in Toronto about the same time. And when the Lord poured his spirit out in Brownsville. And when the Lord poured his spirit out in the day of Pentecost. When the Lord poured his spirit out around the nation, around the south. And in Mississippi and in New, uh, North Carolina and South Carolina. When the Lord poured his spirit out, he says, I am going to revisit the old landmark. I believe that God wants to revisit the old landmarks. I believe God wants to pour His His Holy Spirit out again. I keep feeling that so strong. I'm trying to be calm. He wants to revisit His people again. Now, what is it going to take for us to do that? To be ready for that? We have to get our hearts right before God. We have to get our hearts right before God. Thank you. Listen, I love my wife. She's with me today. Amen. We'll say amen. Unless I get totally in error, she'll say amen. So she's in my corner. So you better watch out. <laughs> she's in my corner. We are in. Uh, I'm praying for the Lord. We've had uh, Jim has shared with me and some others. Some others have shared that God has uh, given them pictures, dreams, visions, and whatever about what God wanted to do. And so what we have to do with this is we have to begin to get to the place where we declare the word of the Lord. We have to agree with what God has said. If God said it, <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea to take that word and put it up on a shelf over here somewhere on the imaginary shelf. The, uh, let's just look at, put it up there and we'll store it. And let's just see if it actually comes to pass or not. What we have to do as people, individuals, if I tell you a word today, a prophetic word, and something strikes a chord in your heart, that is for you to take that word and if, don't try to forget it. I'm going to tell you, the enemy will steal that word from you, from you before you get out the door if you're not careful. When I have a word, when I was meeting with this uh, gentleman that worked working on the, on the parking lot, I had to write stuff down because the Lord was giving me information about that pastor, and I was writing it down as fast as I could. I couldn't find anything to write with. I found a big, fat Sharpie, and I wrote it on a Sharpie on a piece of cardboard I found in the back seat of my truck in my landfill with doors truck. 
I was writing it down as fast as I could because the Lord was downloading information. We have to begin to the place where we hear the word of the Lord and we say yes to the word of the Lord. We agree with the word. We agree with what God is saying. We agree with the prophetic word. We agree because the word comes. It's like, uh, it's like we have the word, this written word for us, and that's the logos word. It's the written word. And we have another word that comes to us by the Spirit is the agape word. And when that word comes to us, when it's, it's the rhema, I'm sorry, the rhema word. And when the rhema word is a spoken word, it comes to us. We have to hear that word of the Lord and don't discount it and put it on the shelf. Because when it gets on the shelf, it becomes almost not effective. Okay, if you can't say amen, do like this right here. And if your neck starts hurting, we'll pray for it. Amen. Okay. I'm going to be reading in a moment from Ephesians. If you want to get there. Um, let me find a marker if it's here. Be reading from Ephesians want to read along because we are in we are in a war we're in war God has not called us to be pew warmers he's called us into battle he's not called us into being a number on, on the Sunday school board. He's called us into a battle. He's called us to soul, to soldiers. He's called us to, to be effective against the kingdom of darkness. So we're going to talk about a little bit about war. So that you'll understand before I read the text, this is not a battle. I've got to say this. So just hold on to your hat. Just for a second. It is not a battle against Democrats, against Republicans. It's not a battle against liberal versus conservative. Trump versus Biden. Biden. It's not a battle like that. This is not a political battle. It's a spiritual battle. We're not in a battle against black, against white. It's not a battle like that. It's not a battle of the races. It's a battle of the spirit. I'm real bad about when I realize that I'm in some sort of skirmish in the, in the, in the spirit. I'm really, I'll just go ahead and confess it. I have oftentimes allowed the enemy to eat my And the Lord is telling me to tell you, we can no longer allow the enemy to eat our lunch. It's time for us to realize that we're in battle. Prepare our hearts for battle. Get ready for fights. I, you know, I know I read in the back of the book, I read this book through, all the way through before, and in, in many places more than once, lots of times. And the last one, I looked over in the back and I realized, hey, we won. We win. 
don't act like I'm a winner. I oftentimes become like the people who have the shield of faith. They come dragging in, and their shield of faith is dragging behind them, and they're so full of fire darts they can't even pick it up anymore. And the Lord is telling us to prepare for war. I'm going to tell you about war in a minute. Well, let's, get, let's read the, let's go into the text, um, and then we'll get into the lesson. Finally, my brethren, verse 10, Ephesians 6, if you have it. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It's important for us to get on our armor so that we, yes, Lord, so that we are not, so that we are able to stand and withstand against the, in the evil day. Because the enemy, I think it's John 10, the thief comes but for to kill, to steal, and destroy. And Jesus said, I am come that they, whose they, you and me, might have life and might have it more abundantly. Boy, I didn't have to, I didn't even have to prime for that one. Thank you very much. Got an amen for free. Okay. And having done all to stand, stand. Now, what do you do when you can't stand? As Popeye said, that's all I can stand, and I can't stand for more. Well, what do you do after you stand? Keep standing. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and your breastplate of righteousness, I don't, I don't really have time to go into every detail there, but there's some details there. I, I think it would be good for you to hunt that out for yourself. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Here. That means know the word. When you hear the word today, go and hear the word. Say that word. Know the word. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherein wherewith you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. All of those pieces of garment and all of those things that the armor and put on are for your defense. Only one of these is for offense. And one of these is knowing the Word of God and it dwells in your heart. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm going to stop right here. I'll tell you a story. The missus used to work in Trustful. And at night, she would come home, especially in the wintertime. She would often be dark when she would leave Trustful to go home. And the, the devil would tell me, I'm going to get her while she's on the road. That happened so regularly. And I would say, oftentimes stand up and say, no, you are not going to do that. You have no authority here. This is the handmaiden of the Lord. She's a servant of the Most High God. She's the daughter of the King. You're not touching her. And I've done that. I don't know how many thousands of times I've done it. I'd be out of town on a project. When I'd, I'd, I'd get, she'd call me. So I'd, I'd head home. And I'd get off the phone with her. And I'd say, be careful. I'll see you later. Love you. And I'd, I'd hang the phone up in the hotel room where I'm at. And she'd say, and the enemy would say, see? 
your back is turned. You're out of town. I'm going to get her. I said, no, she's a handmaiden of the Lord. She's a soldier of the Most High God. She's a, a daughter of the King. You don't have no, it's the Lord's property. You keep your foul hands off the Lord's property. How many times did I do that? I mean, I can't even count that out. It was a daily, near, near, I want to say, near daily thing that happened. I'll get her. No, you're not. You don't have access. We, uh, we disallow. You have, inside you, if you have been saved, if you have been born again, and the Spirit, Holy Spirit lives inside you, there is one that lives inside you that's greater than he that's in the world, and you have the authority and the right to say, when the temptation comes to you, you can say, no, you don't have authority over me. When aggravation and anger boils up in your spirit, you can say, no, no. You don't have access to that. You cannot control my emotions ever again anymore. You don't have access to my, to my emotions and my feelings, my mind. My mind has been covered with the helmet of salvation and you cannot touch that. That belongs to the Lord. You cannot touch the things that belong to God. If you belong to God, then you are property of the Most High God. Am I here? Am I saying something to your ear? Am I speaking in some sort of language? Okay. Okay, let's look at some of, a couple of those words that jumped out at me when I'm when I'm reading. When we he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And the word strong there is a word is a word used similar to Samson. You remember in Samson's story how that he was anointed by the Lord. It was prophesied, his mom prophesied over him what was going to happen to him. He could not be an alcoholic. He can't drink. He don't, he's not going to touch the unclean things. He's not going to shave his beard. He's not going to cut his hair. He's not going to be a strong... I've got a special call for him. He's going to be the one who delivers Israel from the, from the bondage. I have a special call. And so every time, the word here to be strong is to be like Samson. He would stand up, and when he would stand up, he would shake. He would do like this, shake himself. And when he would shake himself, the Lord's presence would move on him. And he would go against the enemy and he would fight the, the battle or he would slay uh, Philistines. <laughs> One place he, he took the jawbone of a donkey and he slew a whole bunch of Philistines with that was the only weapon he had. Oh yeah, and the Lord was with him. <laughs> That's always helping him. Be strong in the Lord. We have to understand when you have Holy Spirit living in you, you are not just an individual. You're quite a force to be reckoned with. You can say no, and, and it means no. 
You can say go, and it means go. You can, you can say words. You can declare the word of the Lord, and it will come to pass. And in the power of his might, the word power there is, a, is, a, is an unusual, it's like three words, about three words in the New Testament for power. One of them is the word for dunamis. And dunamis is the same word where we get the word dynamite. It's an explosive power. And it lives, oh yeah, by the way, that happened on the day of Pentecost. Uh, the pastor talked about that last week. He talked about the power of the Lord and the power and the fire and the burning bush. And, um, and, and so, and that was a good word, by the way, Pastor. It was good. The, uh, the other one word is dunamis, dynamite, and then there's one that's called uh, kratos. And it's a word that means like a authority. It's an authority word. It's like he has given us the authority over certain things. He's given us authority over the evil one. I'll show you how this works. It works. By the way, my name means mighty power. So I just changed my name and on my hard hat. Instead of having my name, I'm going to put Kratos up there instead of Kato. My new name is Kratos. Mighty power. I'm just kidding. I can do that. The, uh, it's like I got written in Spanish so the Mexicans know who I am. The, the uh, Kratos is uh, it's, a, it's a spirit. It's a power that moves inside. It's an authority that lives in us. Jan and I live in the downtown area in a town. We live in a, a loft, an apartment. And we're downstairs and some people have moved in, not on the on our building, but on this side, but on somebody else's building on this side, and they put in a nice candle shop. And it was harmless. It smelled nice in there all the time. And then at nighttime, they would have to close the store, and they would, on the double doors in the back facing the alley where we parked our cars, they would have a... Um, they would have the doors open, and the car, the people would come in, and they would have, uh, they would come in, and, and, and they had uh, church there. But it wasn't church like we have. It was worshiping Satan there. And so I would sometimes sit watching TV, and through the brick wall, which is about this thick, I could hear the words going out or going out through and coming in the window. I could hear the words said, and I mean, this ain't good. Bunch of people coming. And so I walked out one day when no one was there. I believe I have those things that I say will come to pass. I believe that. I went and laid my hands. I know the owner of the building. I know I knew those people. I met them, talked to them. I talked about one time we talked about the Lord. I laid my hands on those double doors in the back where those people went in and out, and they'd go out and they'd smoke up the whole neighborhood. And when the wind, when the wind would blow, it blow through our door into the house. We could smell the cigarette smoke. I'm not a fan of that. And so I said, I prayed over that place in Jesus' name, and I said, Yeah, one or two things. Either revival breaks 
Either revival breaks out in this place now or they move out of here and get gone. We're not having it here. I didn't start a riot. I didn't start a, a, a protest. I didn't buy a banner. I laid my hands on the door because I have authority in my life. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That doesn't mean that I can get to do all, all kind of crazy things, but that thing had to happen. It had to go. We prayed over that. About a week later, it might have been two weeks, the man that was financing the whole thing had a massive heart attack, and he died. They lost the lease on the building, and they packed up, and they went away. I didn't get to have revival there. So, I went, <laughs> I kind of on a roll, and then in about a year or two later, I'm driving to Johnson's one day, there in Natala, down on 77 and 11, they had moved down there. I was on my way towards Walmart, and I looked over to the left, and there's a, a bar there where women take their clothes off and dance. And I, I said, Lord, it worked. There's a place next door. Does it work right here? You will, can you do the same thing again? Would you do the? I know you can. Would you do the same thing again? I didn't lay my hands on the door. I just stopped in the front of the parking lot and I declared that revival break out in that place or it closed down. Guess what happened? It's sitting empty. There ain't no dancing going on there. There's no girls in there taking their clothes off. Not that I'm aware of, and I didn't. I wouldn't. Never saw them before. By the way, so you understand, I never went there, but I prayed over it, and it closed down. We have authority in our life. We can in our neighborhoods, in our street that we live on. You have authority. We pray over that place. When I was praying over that place in in, in Alabama City, I, I dispatched. I said, Lord, that you would dispatch warring angels to come and stand on the corner of the properties here. And we give them authority and a way, let them release them to go and do their job and war against the enemy. They're fighting against witchcraft. Their wishes that have been broken, made curses over them. We broke the power of those word curses over that area. And we broke in that the other day. We did that same thing here. We prayed over this church right here because people have spoken negative words against this church. We have authority to break the power of those words and render them harmless in Jesus' name. Are you with me? There's another word that's used, and this one that's used in this text right here. And that's the word for, it sounds funny when you say it, but when you read it, it means something different. That's kind of like weird. It's another Jehovah sneaky moment. Do not speak. <laughs> it's probably dynasty. It's a word that has the authority of a prince. Guess who has that? Every believer in Jesus that did not
take the prophetic word that they got and put it up on the shelf, but applied it to their hearts, rehearsed it in their minds, believed that the words that are spoken to them are the words of the Lord and declared the words of the Lord, and therefore it comes to pass. Because the Lord is not a man, he cannot lie. If he said it, he will surely bring it to pass. Are you hearing me? Hang on, we're not done yet. How much more time have I got? Oh, yeah, I'm doing good. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, it says, let me flip, I'm just going to flip over and um, I'm going to read this out of the book. Not out of the paper. Hold the phone. Don't get excited. Yeah, maybe we should. All right. Behold, verse 19 is Luke 10, if you want to hit that one. I would say to you buy you some index cards and a sharpie and some tape and write this verse down. This is a good memory verse for you to stick on your mirror and read this verse off every morning while you're putting on your makeup or while you're I'm talking to the girls now. When you're, while you're getting ready and drinking your coffee in the morning, you can go and shave and put this word in your spirit right here. Look, he said, I give you the power. This is the authority power the authoritative power of a prince. That's where that word comes from. To tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you or harm you. Glory be to Jesus. Now let's go and I'm going to go over to Samuel for just a few minutes. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it's, I, I read, and sometimes if I read, if I read the whole, read the whole thing, it would be like uh, you'd be bored. So I'm not going to read it. But I'm going to tell you what happened. Israel was held captive by the Philistines. Oftentimes, God will allow Israel to get held captive by their neighbors because of their hardness of their heart. And because of their rejected rebellion against the Lord. Things like that would happen. God does that because he's Jehovah's Nathan. He's still doing it. He hasn't changed. So anyway, he's uh, here's uh, little David and David is Jesse's son. Jesse has eight sons. And, um, and the Lord, um, the, the nation of Israel said, we got to have a king, got to have a king, got to have a king. Lord, we got to have a king. Gotta have, somebody give us a king. Got to have a king. And so they appointed one, a soldier named Saul. And Saul became the king of Israel. Horrible king. And so it comes time for another king to be anointed, appointed. And the Lord spoke to Samuel, the prophet. Remember, he's a prophet. 
That means he's going to declare the word of the Lord. Like a prophet. And so he goes to Jesse's house. The Lord told him to take you a horn of oil, which is a bottle with a stopper on it. Take it to uh, Jesse's house. There's somebody there that you're going to anoint as king. This is chapter 16 somewhere. And so Je uh, Samuel goes over to Jesse's house. He First he gets to one guy, Eliab is the oldest one, and he goes down the list, down the list. He gets down to the Lord says, what Samuel says, Lord, what about this? No, that's not it. Uh, no, what about this? No, that's not it. He's not the one. Reject. No. And finally he gets to, he says, okay, I'm out. Well, I got one son. He's out there tending sheep. He's a little young lad. He's out there tending sheep. I said, who's the shepherd guy? There's a boy. And Samuel said, well, can you bring him? So they brought him in. And when he walked in, the Lord spoke to Samuel and said, this is the one. Anoint him. He's going to be the king over Israel. And you said, this is an elementary Bible study lesson right here. But it still holds true. has just as much punch to it today as it did in the day. First time I heard it in Sunday school when I was a child. And the Lord had him to be anointed. Saul was appointed. David was anointed. Big difference. And so then David goes on about his, about his day. He goes on and tends to more sheep and takes care of his business. But he is anointed by the prophet to be the king over Israel. And um, so then they get into a battle with the Philistines. And so they, the Philistines had a group of men that was there. They were children, the sons of Anak. There were giants. This guy was, uh, Goliath was like 9'9", nine, nine plus a little, a little over 9 feet 9 inches, according to the text and the translation. And so he's out there and he's making fun of the little small, most Jewish people that I have met are not tall people. They're, they're not usually not a tall group of people. They're, they're, they're not short, but they're like just average height people. And so at that same time, Jesse sends his little son, David, to the battle because the son, all three older sons are in the, and they're fearful for their life because every time, every day at a certain time, Goliath would come out and threaten the children of Israel, the people of Israel. He would threaten them and, and send me somebody. We're gonna if if, if whoever whoever I fight, if I win, you'll follow us. If you win, we'll all follow you. We'll be your God. We'll hang out with y'all. We'll become your servants. David got there with the cheese and the, and the, and the corn, parched corn and some other things. He took some food. And so for the, for the three uh, oldest ones. And so when he gets there, he, uh, he sees what's going on about that time in Goliath. It was the time of day Goliath comes out and threatens the people of Israel, the children of Israel. And David said, no, I can fight him. What we, <laughs> what we, what they failed to understand was that there was a call on his life. There was an anointing on his life. There was an empowerment already given to him 
because he is out in the field and when, the, when a bear would come and take one of the sheep, David would chase the bear down, pull his hair out, slay the bear, and take the sheep back and put it back in the fold. Or when the lion came, he would do exactly the same thing. And he said, I have, he told the Goliath and he told Saul and them, the king, he said, hey, I'm out taking care of my dad's sheep. And he said, when I go out there looking at the sheep, when a bear comes, I take the bear out. If the lion comes, I take the lion out. I stop them from doing it. And this uncircumcised Philistine is nothing compared to them. I'll take him out too. They tried to fit him out with a, a Saul's armor. You know, sometimes it's not best to put on somebody else's armor. You put on the one that God has given you already. He's given you some armor right now, the whole armor of God. He's put it on you now. You have it in your text. I read it to you. Helmet of salvation. Uh, feet with, a, with the shoes of salvation. Yes, amen. So David goes out. He takes five smooth stones, puts it in his thing, wraps the sling up, pecks that guy in the head. It sinks, the rock sinks into Goliath's head. He takes his Goliath's sword and cuts his head off. And for a couple of days, David's walking around with this, this giant's head because he's the champion. I want you to understand that we are at war and we have the weapons of our warfare are not they're not made by Fisher Price. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God, not in myself. I'm if I do anything, if I pray over a building or I pray over this place or I pray over the property, if I pray over that, it's not because I did it in my strength, but I did it by the unction, the divine unction and motivation by the Holy Spirit to do that because He gives us these things. And look, when I'm talking to somebody and this guy's sweating and I'm trying to offer him a glass of water and he don't have want one because he's already got one, but we're talking, all of a sudden we start talking about the Lord I'm feeling the power of the Holy Spirit on me. I'm sitting in my truck and with the air conditioner blowing on, he's standing out where it's hot. I said, come over here. I could turn some vents and let it blow. He said, I don't need that. I got this water right here. I'm good. And then, and then the Lord set that whole thing up for me. God does that because he's, he is, he's God. Let me move on. I want you to understand something. We, we know that God knows us. We understand that. Lucifer also and the forces of darkness also know us. He is acquainted with me. He knows who I am. He knows who you are. He knows your weak points. He knows where your weak link in the chain is. He's real aware. I'm not giving him any glory or any credit for anything. What the Lord is telling us to do and what I'm hoping to be able to get across to you that he wants us to understand who we are in 
who we are when Holy Spirit is in us. We are not a bunch of uh, weak, jellyfish, backbone people of God. We're servants of the Most High God. We're uh, indoctrinated into His, enlisted in His army. We are part of the army of God. By the way, we win. And we don't have to wait until that day to win. We win all the time between now and then. I've got another place I'm starting to pray about. I'm going to keep praying because I believe that the Lord will, the Lord will, uh, will set that up. He'll do exactly what I ask Him because that's what He does. That's the way He rolls. First church we went and pastored. I had no idea what I was doing. I was, it was 1980. This happened between 80 and 82. Jan and I went to this little country church, middle of nowhere, block building, pews that would pinch you when you sit down. You could hear the, when the, when the, it's kind of, you've heard of the opera's not over till the fat lady sings. Well, it was over when the fat lady sat down on the seat. <laughs> go, then we go, ah! <laughs> it wasn't the Lord at all. It was a guy pinched by the seat, by the pew. I prayed and I asked the Lord for a piece of property. And I asked the Lord, God, where can I move this church from here to a better location? You know, you've heard the real estate term. Location, location, location. That's the best thing. So I, I began to drive and pray. Went up to this place right by the interstate, and I said, I got out there, and I was told that man hated God and hated the church, churches, all churches. He didn't like them. And you're never going to get that property. And I said this, I'm standing out in the field. That's where I ought to be. I'm out standing in my field. <laughs> I'm out standing in the field. And I'm saying, and I said, Lord, I declare this place to you. The man says no. So what are we going to do, Lord? I declare. Well, I got moved on to the next assignment. And guess where that church moved to? That same spot, right where I stood. And now he said, I remember the scripture says, everywhere your soles of your feet touch, I will give it to you. And I declared that word, I declared that word, and I would drive by and I'd say, everywhere the soles of my feet touch, the Lord said he would give it to me, and I'd give it. And Lord, I thank you, this place is going to be yours in Jesus' name. Guess where that church is at today? <laughs> right there. In that same spot. I love the way God does stuff. I love the way he does. Okay. The enemy wants to, to help you forget that you're saved, redeemed. He wants you to not, not to understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. He wants you to forget about your destiny and your calling. 
He uses the same tactics that he used on Eve when he asked Eve, did God really say? He still does. He never has changed his, his tricks. His MO is the same all the time. He just keeps trying it again. Just doing it again. Doing it again. Play it, playing it safe. His plan is to make you doubt, cause you to walk in fear, which is the absence of faith. He causes you to walk in unbelief and doubt your anointing and cause confusion to your, in your call. There are people in this room and listening to the program later that you have a call on your life. You have a call by the Lord to do certain things you have not yet accomplished those things. But you will because you're hearing the word of the Lord today that you've been called. Yes, Lord. You have been. Woo! I just, I just got a whammy. I got a whammy. <laughs> you have been called by the Lord and the Lord has not taken, he has not taken his hand off of you but he is going to increase the anointing on you. Glory. Isaiah 59. One of my favorite scriptures in the world. He says, When the enemy comes against you like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard shield barricade up against him. Now, when the Bible was actually written, they didn't have punctuation. Punctuation was added later, hoping to bring definition and clarity to the word. I'm going to say, I think we need to take another look at this word and read it the way that I like it. When the enemy comes against you, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. <laughs> I just think it sounds cool that way. When the enemy comes up and rises up and gets in your face, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard, a shield, a barricade against him. Get that index card, and right below where you looked at Luke 10 and 19, write this one here down. You can put the punctuation wherever you want to. That's what they did. <laughs> Just write it down and stick that maybe card. Okay, fill your whole mirror with these words. Card, get two rolls of tape and two stacks of five by sevens and, uh, and put them up there and write these words down. Write them down and say them out loud. Write them down and call it back to God. Because when we pray, we believe the word of the Lord. We pray that word back to him. It, it, it means we agree with what you have said, O Lord. It's the same thing as saying amen. Because amen, when you say it to me when I'm preaching, when you say it out loud, whether you're saying it to the Lord or whoever whoever's preaching, when you say amen, it means it's, the amen means this word. Be it done unto me, so as you will, O Lord. 
You need to write that down and put that on your mirror right there beside that. Says, yes. And when you read the text, look down here and say, Amen. And you read the next one and say, Amen. Be it done unto me as I said. Am I making sense? Okay, I got two more verses and we're going to. Glory. Deuteronomy has a, uh, is a, is a fun, is a fun text. Listen to this word. Here's another scripture verse, memory verse for your mirror, your makeup mirror. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 7 says, but the Lord will cause your enemies to rise. He won't cause them. When the enemies rise up against you, the Lord to be will call, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your eyes. That was a weak one. That was a real sad. That's a sad amen. It was a good one. But thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm gonna read it one more time. I'm gonna give you one more shot. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your eyes. Amen. Yay! They shall, they shall, uh, again, they will come against you one way and flee from before you seven ways. That's a lifeline word right there. You got okay. Don't if you don't do the other verses, do this one because the enemy he understands power. Because but when we operate and we exercise the power that we've been given already, when we start waking up, we wake up from our sleep and we wake up and realize that we have power. We've been given authority. We've been we've been. Joint heirs with Christ. We are plugged into the throne of heaven. Amen. The enemy understands that when it comes against you, all it's, it's not like a big deal. You don't have to go out and stand in the field. You can just declare the word of the Lord. He understands the word, and when when we declare the word of the Lord, he has to do certain things. Like get the heck out of God. Amen. Okay, I'm going to get, I got some more stuff, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do one more verse and I'm going to call it, call it quits, I think. I don't know, maybe. The, uh, John chapter 4, and it says, verse 4 says, You're the children of God and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he okay that's another you need to get a two pack three packs of cards and, and start writing than he that is in the world you need to write that scripture down memorize that that's a good word right there greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world Lucy and his group And we have authority. We have been given power according 
to Revelation 12, we are made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And Romans chapter 8 says, and I, I got all my verses in, yay. Romans chapter 8 says, it tells us that we are more than conquerors. Who wins the battle? Who wins the war? Who wins the skirmish? We do. Amen. Everybody okay? God bless you, and I thank you for coming today. And uh, well, I do. Can I just pray over you before we before we get gone? And uh, and we'll go. We'll do something else later. Uh, you're still doing good. You'll beat the Baptist to the food court. You're doing good. So, Father God, I just thank you for what you have said to us today. We take these as the, your word to us to hide in our hearts. We thank you, Lord, because. We, we're, we're sorry we are, we are, we've been a people of walking and minimum faith, but we're going to begin walking in your word, and we're going to say your word, and we're going to write your word down. We're going to put it on the tables in our hearts. We're going to declare your word over situations in our life and over our job situation and over our homes in the name of the Lord. We're going to cause revival to break out in the, in, the, in the community where we live, on the street where we live, in the, in the house across the street. We're going to let the revival break out in there, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the days that we're in, in right now and the days that you think you're going to do in the days ahead. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for empowering us with the power of the Holy Spirit that we are, we are, we are more than conquerors because we have the Lord with us in Jesus. 